Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to us today. And Lord, as we look at this passage and think about what you're calling each of us to do, we pray that you would um, lift up our hearts, that you'd speak into them. That we, like Isaiah, would see you, would encounter you, and would be changed by you. Amen. This morning we're going to continue with vision and uh, stewardship. Last week I spoke about vision and I said that the Lord isn't absent in times of trouble. He walks with us and he leads us on. We're thinking this uh, January about where the Lord is calling us to over the next year. And this, year, this week's big idea as we think about stewardship, how we look after the things that God has uh, given us and how we use them to his praise and glory, whether that's our money, our time, our gifts, our energy. The big idea is this, that each follower of Jesus has a unique calling from God. And yes, that includes you. Each follower of Jesus has a unique calling from God. And yes, that includes you. I am a firm believer that the Bible teaches us, that Jesus taught us, that the Holy Spirit moves us to realise that we are all, as followers of Jesus, called to do God's work but that those things are different. The Apostle Paul referred to the church as being a body with many parts, each part as necessary as another, but each part functioning differently and requiring different things. And this morning, I chose this passage from Isaiah because I wanted us to think about what it means to be called by God, to be commissioned by him, to live and work for him. This is from the Old Testament, from the times before Jesus came. But we can see in this calling of Isaiah a kind of proto-Christian uh, calling, which I'd like to explore now. I think in this passage we can see that Isaiah's calling has four different sections. First, he encounters God. Then is his conviction and repentance. Then he receives forgiveness, after which he receives his call. And I think it's important that we remember that order. Because sometimes if we're not careful, we jumble them up and we get ourselves in a bit of a pickle. But I think that it's useful to look at it this way and to think about how God is calling us. So the first of those was encounter. We meet Isaiah having a vision of the Lord in the temple. It's not entirely clear from this passage whether Isaiah was physically in the temple, but as I read it, that's where I imagine he was, that he'd gone to the temple to worship the Lord, and as he prayed, as he read the word, as he sung praises to God, he received this vision of the Lord. He says he saw the Lord in the temple and the train of his robe filled the area. 
Isaiah is painting a picture of being overwhelmed by the presence of God, overwhelmed by his glory, overwhelmed by who he is. As we come to God and we read his word, as we pray to him, as we worship him in song, in music, we, re- we come to realise more and more who God is. And that in turn should lead us on to read more, to pray more and to worship more. It's a cycle of coming to the Lord, meeting with him and being given more of that hunger to receive from him, to know him more, to continue in your walk with him. The first thing that happened to Isaiah this day was encounter with God. And then when he encountered the Lord, he was amazed by who God was but he was also reminded of who he is. He was reminded that though he was a prophet of the Lord, although he was a leader of the people of Israel, that he was just a man of unclean lips who lived among a people with unclean lips. Now, as we come before the Lord, as we realise who he is, it's normal, it's expected that the Lord would convict us, would open our eyes to who we are. Not because he wants um, to... It's not very popular these days, is it? To, for the Lord to humble you. But that really is what the Lord does and how he works. We spend much of our lives trying to improve our self-esteem and improve our self-worth by convincing ourselves how good we are at this and how great we are at that, of taking pictures of ourselves where we look fantastic, posting them up on the internet and having people like them and share them. It makes us feel good for a short period of time. But actually what the Lord offers is something entirely different. What the Lord offers is that you know exactly who you are. Like Isaiah did on this day in the temple. That you would realise that yes, you have some great characteristics. You have some good gifts. You are created in the image of God and you are precious. But you're also a person of unclean lips. You have an unclean heart. When you stand next to the Lord, you realise your great need for him. And this is what happened to Isaiah that day. He falls to his knees and he cries, woe is me. Lord, 
I pray that you would humble us in the way that you humbled Isaiah, that you open our eyes to see who you are, that we would fall on our knees and Lord, that we would fall on your mercy. And that we would wait for you to lift us up. Amen. Because that's what Isaiah did. As he was there in that vision, as he was on his knees, as he prayed to the Lord, as he realised the Lord's holiness and his own unworthiness, It was an angel who brought a coal from the sacrifice and touched Isaiah's lips and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. This happened before Isaiah had received his calling, before he'd done anything. Just like the Christian gospel tells us that Jesus died for us to make us right with God before we'd done anything for him, while we were still far off. The same happens for Isaiah. The Lord forgives him. The Lord wipes his guilt away through the sacrifice of the blood of the lamb. And so it is after Isaiah humbled himself that the Lord lifted him up, forgave him and then asked, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And it was after the encounter, after the conviction and the repentance, after the forgiveness that a new man, a new Isaiah stood up and said, here I am, send me. an image of what it is like to be called by God. And as I said, a like pre-Christian one, one from before Jesus came, but that reflects and echoes what it is to be a follower of Jesus, to encounter God through his Holy Spirit, to realise our own personal need for him, to come into all of our lives, not just the tidy, the clean, the Instagrammable bits, but the messy, the nasty, and the dirty bits to come and forgive us, to wash us clean so that we then can be in a place when we hear the Lord say, who will I send? To say, here I am. Send me.
Last year in our vision and stewardship talks, we spoke, or I spoke, I challenged us as a church to move from being a church of helpers to a church of leaders. Now, little did we know what 2020 had in store for us, but it turns out that actually COVID has done a lot of the first half for us. I've been so grateful to everybody who has volunteered to help with the live stream, with the worship, with the readings, uh, with the tech, everything. But actually, in reality, the number of people volunteering at St Paul's has plummeted in the last year because the amount of things we can do here in the building has gone down significantly. And I wonder whether now is the time Where in 2021, as we build out of this time, is a time for us to think about what God is calling each of us to next. That in our particular areas of gifting, that we might lead one another. I've spoken about it before and I was reminded this morning and COVID has taught us this time and time again. That church isn't about the building. It isn't about Sunday. Church is you and I. Church is the people of God in the places that he's called us to. I love Sundays. I love meeting together in one place, worshipping God, listening to his word. But I want that to be the crowning glory of our weeks with God. I want us to come together with stories and testimonies of what the Lord has been saying to us during the week, of what we've seen him doing in us, through us and around us, where we found him in unexpected places. That when we come together on a Sunday, our worship might be an offering of thanks for all that he's been doing in church, in you and I, all through the week. So as, we, as I close this morning, I want to leave each of us with some questions. As we think about what God is calling us to do, in the context of this call that Isaiah had on his life. Are we putting ourselves in a place where we can encounter God? Are we putting ourselves in a place where we can encounter God? You might be saying, back at your screen. But Adam, I used to get that when I came to the building on Sunday. You may still get that as you tune in to the live stream, and I hope you do. But where else are we able to put ourselves in the place of encountering God, of worshipping him, of hearing his voice, of knowing his presence? 
For each of us, it will be slightly different because we're all made differently. I love to encounter the Lord in music and I love to encounter the Lord on the top of a hill. If I can have music on the top of the hill, that is just the pinnacle, literally. Dad joke, thank you. Um, But where do you encounter the Lord? And are you putting yourself in that place? Are you doing what you can in this time of lockdown to meet with God? And as you meet with him, as you are convicted, as you receive his forgiveness, what is the Lord calling you to? I'm reminded of a C.S. Lewis quote that I'm going to get wrong because I hadn't written it down because I've only just thought of it. Um, And it says something like, and I'm sure somebody can correct me in the comments below, but it says something like, the problem we have as humans is not that we give in to our deepest desires, but that we give in to the shallow ones. Because the deepest desires of our hearts are the ones that the Lord has put there. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you've known this encounter, this repentance and forgiveness that I've spoken of today, I am certain that even if you're not living out your calling yet, you will know deep down what it is as I speak you'll know the thing that just sets your heart on fire when you think about it. And maybe the enemy has told you you won't be able to do that, that you're not the right person, that you'll never succeed. But the Lord is saying, as we've heard last week, that I will go with you. All you have to say is, here I am, send me. Are we putting ourselves in the place of encounter with God? And what is the Lord calling us to do? And will we say, here I am, send me. Amen.